This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks For Coming podcast. My name's Liam and I'm joined on Zoom from the other side of London by our very own Matt Bolshaw. Matt Bolshaw, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, mate. Yeah, very good to be back. I'm very good, thank you. I've uh, I've recharged, I'm back, I'm ready to go and I'm just absolutely honoured to be in the presence of the two guests we've got on the show today. Absolutely. So we'll get to that in a second. By now, most of our listeners will know that Bush and I used to make up one of the greatest fast bowling partnerships in cricketing history. And it feels great to be reunited today on the pod. So, Bush, what have we got coming up today? So, uh, unfortunately, after Saturday's washout, we've just got the two games for you to go through this weekend, uh, both on Sunday, but... As I said, we are in the presence of greatness. Not only do we have league skipper James Tosato here to take us through how the season's going so far, but we have club royalty, club captain Simon Carson here with us as well. So as long as talking, to, as well as talking to those two boys, we've got all your usual fantasy updates, your sledge of the week, who said it, and all the usual fun and games including what is potentially the greatest bit of correspondence we've ever received. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, just for our listeners out there, is the uh, Any Other Business section of the show still your favourite? Because we weren't sure about that last week. Um, it is still my favourite. And based on the email that we've got, it's become even more my favourite than ever before. Awesome. Okay, so let's meet our guests. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. James, how are you today? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was a little bit sceptical about joining the podcast for quite a while, but it's it's growing on me, so I'm very pleased to be here. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. And Simon, friend of the show, you've played before. Thanks very much for joining us again today. How are you? I'm very well, Jensen. Thanks for having me back. I just got to say that it's a very, very great privilege and honour to be uh, invited back by the, the greatest fast bowling partnership <laughs> ever. Um, and to, to be part of the show. Excellent. So uh, we're going to start off with our usual questions. Simon, we'll start with you. Um, I know you mentioned this on the Legacy podcast, but if you could just give us a quick overview. How did you come to the club and who introduced you? Right. So um, like like many, many players at... Uh, at Plough, it was it was back in two thousand and four, I think, and um, you know for the previous three or four years, I hadn't played much cricket. Um, work got in the way, um, life got in the way, as I say, like 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 it does for most people. And I um, I I knew a guy called Mickey Lackman who was playing for um, for the Plough at the time. Uh, he was a friend of mine, a pub friend, and he said he was putting together a team to play against Plough. Um, would I like to play? And I said yes and got involved with that. And as I say, that was back in 2004. Uh, from then on, we were, so I played against the plough and then after that got to know people like uh, 
Dill Davis, who was the club captain back then, uh, an old plough legend. Uh, Tom Lonham was around. And uh, I joined. I joined from there. And uh, there you go. Haven't looked back since. Amazing. And then Tiz, I, I know your story. And I know it's quite a funny one. So, so talk us through how you came to the club and who introduced you. Well, I've also joined the club after playing against the plough. And uh, I used to play for a, a club with a great name, uh, the Abdul Aziz Invitational Eleven. Um, and uh, that was sort of back in 2014, 15, 16. And we had a lot of trouble getting players and it sort of declined over the over the years. And I, I think one of the last games we actually played as a club was against Plough. And um, we we turned up and we only had eight uh, after one bloke. We had nine and one bloke dropped out on the morning of the game, as, as happens. Um, and... We, we very kindly from Plough got uh, a couple of players loaned to us. We had uh, Baz and, and Leon both played that day for Abdul. And, um, That's not Abdul's, a bad loan, that. Uh, we did well. We, well. That was certainly two of our best players for the day. And we, despite that, we got absolutely pumped by 10 wickets. And I remember at the time thinking that uh, these guys we were playing were quite impressive. They were actually all there on time. They all had kit bags. Uh, none of the shared kit that we were doing and looked like they had some very good cricketers despite most of them being pretty hungover by the looks of it. Um, but I didn't do it very well that day, but I did hit one cover drive off Ben Hines for four and, and Steve Brito was there umpiring. Drop that one in. Everyone make yeah. sure you heard that. Tiz hit yeah. Ben Hines for four. Yeah. I think Hinesy had, Hinesy may not have been to bed yet, so I had a bit of an advantage. But um, he, uh, Brito was there and I think he was just there to umpire he wasn't playing and he was umpiring at the time he hit this ball for four and the next time I was at the, on the strikers end Brito just as he does just started having a chat uh, and uh, said I hear you've not got many games this season so if you're interested in playing some more cricket then uh, maybe maybe you'd be interested in playing for us and uh, after the game I was sitting with my team um, and uh, pretty pretty depressed about a 10-wicket loss. And Steve, in, in only the way that Steve could do, waltzed up to the middle of the group um, and gave me his phone in front of all of my teammates <laughs> and said, look, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're keen on some more cricket, here, give me your number. I'll hook you up with the club skipper. And, uh, and, you know, we can go from there. And, and I did join and... Um, in fact, played a couple of games on Sundays in 2016 and even managed to uh, tear my hammy pretty badly in this third game for the club, I think, which has now become a familiar story for a lot of players and uh, had to lie to my old team how I'd done my hamstring. Certainly it wasn't playing for a different career club. <laughs> um, but uh, I joined properly in, <laughs> joined properly in 2017 and, and haven't looked back. Uh, had a really, really good few years. That's awesome. Great recruitment work for Steve Brito, who's who's recruited for a lot of uh, plowmans over the years. This is a family show, so we won't ask what kind of excuse you came up with as to how you tore that hamstring when you went back to Abdul. <laughs> nice. So um, we usually have um, usually have a usual set of questions. That's terrible. Um, but uh, this week we're going to change it up a bit because we want to speak to you guys about the role you play for this club. You're not just the average punter who we're going to get to pluck your favourite ploughman out of the air. Um, so, Simon, can you just tell us a little bit about your role week by week, what you do for the club and uh, you know the kind of effort that you put into it? 
Mm. Um, so, I, obviously, as, as club camera, I play as well, obviously. Uh, so I, I, I do my best on Sundays, turn up, um, hide myself away down at number 11 in the batting order. And, uh, and at the moment, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more frequent for me to try and hide myself away on the field as well. But um, apart from that, I guess, uh, during the week, um, it's really a question of, of just getting everything together. Um, you know, obviously, we've got the selection, which uh, Liam and uh, Liam and Tizza are involved with. And to be honest, do more work than I do on that. And the rest of it really is just making sure that everything goes out. Everything's really communicated to people on time. And we're all we're all doing things the way that we want to do the way that we want to do things, and and the, the club's in the right space. I think, you know, I don't do that alone. Obviously, there are a lot of people around me. We've got a we've got a fantastic um, fantastic committee. Uh, certainly, one of the best, probably the best that I've ever known in a in a sports club that I've been involved with. And uh, really, I I guess I I see myself. Uh, more as a a conductor of a large orchestra than uh, than than an individual player, um, and I'm I'm very lucky to have the people around me that I do. Very nice. And then Tiz, obviously, you are you are one of the members of said orchestra. Um, what's your favourite bit of admin that you do throughout the week? <laughs> um, look, as much as people have heard me moan about the selection of teams each week, I do strangely get excited every Sunday evening thinking, right, who can we pick next week? Um, the excitement wanes a little bit by Tuesday when, you know, 10 blokes have changed their availability. But um, I, I do actually, I do quite enjoy selecting the teams and the sort of role that has in, in you know, driving forward where the team, where the, where the club goes on, on field um, and, and trying to, you know, think about the new players we've got, of which there are many, and how we can, you know, find their best roles and, and really sort of get us all performing on the field as well as the, the very good job we already do off the field enjoying ourselves. So there you go for everyone listening. It's these men who decide whether you play the home game at DSG on Sunday or go to the arse end of Surrey that's four hours from your house. And also, of course, we'll also say that there's absolutely uh, that, that's absolutely done fairly. There is no uh, there is no considerations given to who's captaining and how far they're going to have to travel themselves. No, or team strength, or team strength. As someone who's involved in that selection conversation as well, it would be easy to think that maybe like uh, Simon has a word at the beginning and kind of cherry picks a game that he wants to play in most weeks and all that. It's not the case at all. <laughs> More often than not, Tiss and I start by putting the teams together. And then he's kind of looking at that uh, at the point where it's, it's kind of already obvious about where he's going to be going to that Exactly, week. exactly. I have to say, and also uh, Tiss was saying that he... Uh, he, he uh, Gets uh, get, gets involved with the, the selection way ahead. You know, sometimes he, he'll quite frequently tell us that uh, in two weeks' time we're a little bit short on Sunday or something like that. You know, um, he, he really is. He really is exceptional on that. Um, you know, we we've got a we've got good vision of what we've got coming up, who we're going to be playing, uh, and the teams are picked around that. I've got to say that Tiz Tiz does a, a marvelous job with. Uh, with that kind of thing, and Liam Liam does the Sunday teams normally. I mean, contrary to to popular opinion and and some uh, some uh, voices that I've heard knocking around the club when they when they came out because I've got the better team. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to do with that. I really really don't have a lot to do with that. Liam does it, so there you go. <laughs> uh, to to put put to 
to lay to rest there some rumours as well about Leon Parks uh, cherry-picking the batting tracks that he wants to bat on throughout the season as well. has absolutely <laughs> no input into it whatsoever. <laughs> nice, good. So that just about wraps up our sort of guest welcome section, but no one gets away with this. So one word answers, please, because we're a little bit pushed for time. But James Tosato, who's your favourite ploughman? Oh, Adam Barraclough. Oh, God. The Italians sticking together. Simon, same question to you. I can't do it with one word. There's no, there's no way I could do it with one word. There, there are too many fabulous people at, uh, at our club. I mean, if, if we go back, there's you know, Tom Lonnan, Matt Ridgway, you know, old, uh, some of the best cricketers that we've ever had. Also, massive, massive servants of the club. I mean, there's uh, Duray. Uh, Duray is, is a great bloke to have around all the time. All of the selection committee. Uh, there's no way I can do one person. Spence, Matt Spencer. Um, he's he's really come into his own the last couple of couple of years, um, and of course the the, the aforementioned my my, my co guest James Tizato. I mean, you know, without uh, without his a lot of his input, a lot of what we've uh, a lot of what we've done just wouldn't happen. I mean, I think the club seems to run seamlessly to everyone outside it, but or everyone that's not involved with the running of it immediately. But you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that, and James and Liam um, put in put in an awful lot of work. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick one person. Anyone. You know, any any of them. Amazing. Very diplomatic Perfect. from the club skipper there. Yeah. Good. So you've done a you've done a better job of that, uh, Simon, than uh, our very own Matt Spencer, who tried a similar approach last week and actually <laughs> just ended up naming his top five or six. Which, for anyone who listening who probably fell outside of that five or six. Well, have felt a lot more put out than if he'd just thrown one name out there. <laughs> Good. So I think that wraps up our rather large introduction for this week. So let's have a look at what happened at the weekend. So normally we deal with our league fixture next, uh, the first fixture of the weekend in a chronological order. Last weekend was, was washed out. Weather affected meant that we didn't have a game. Um, so we've got the luxury of being able to ask our league skipper some questions about the season as a whole. So pretty excited to hear about this. Um, first question we've got is, what are the biggest differences between Division 1 and the Premier Division? That is a very good question. Uh, I think we, we, know, we all noticed last year that the difference, or the year before, the difference between Div 2 and Div 1 wasn't quite as big as we were expecting. Um, In terms of like the... The caliber of the opposition. Yeah, yeah, it's quite. They're quite close leagues. I think. I think a lot of it comes down to depth, really. And as we've gone up, it's generally been, um, you know, that there isn't a there isn't a fifth bowler who's bowling pies and you belt them everywhere. There's there isn't just three batsmen and then nothing. Um, although sometimes it does appear that way given the scores that we seem to be bowling teams out for. But um, I think there's just more depth and the fact that. I think there's a few people that said we did so well in Div 1 compared to Div 2. I think that's because our depth got a lot better and it's continued to get a lot better. So, you know, we're matching everyone, I think, strength for strength. Um, but the depth, I think, is the main thing. It's sort of more consistently good players across the whole team. Nice, good. Um, and then what do you think has been the biggest challenges so far being in the Prem? Um, it's funny. I think we've been challenged twice properly challenged twice as a team. We've lost both of those games. 
and that was to uh, that was to to St Luke's and to London Gymkhana, and in both cases, I think the opposition actually batted with discipline and batted their full overs out. Um, and like I said, against the a bowling lineup with everyone being like they're having five good bowlers, it's suddenly a whole lot harder to chase down those scores, even if they're not they don't look massive on paper. Um, so I think um, yeah, teams teams really batting with discipline, batting out their overs, which uh, it would be nice if, if there was more cricket like that and that we actually had the chance to bat those overs too and, and stand up to and show what we can do with the bat, um, which we haven't had much of a chance to do yet this year. So some groundbreaking insight there from oh, yeah. uh, if you bat your overs and bat with a bit of discipline, you've got a good chance of putting a score on the board. Is that what you're who saying there, who, who would have thought, mate? Who would have thought? But but if you ask, if you, if you ask various people, like like... Our friend Matt Bolshaw here getting five for with with four of them caught at mid off. It's not necessarily a lot of discipline on show sometimes. Um, I like this you. game. I, I much prefer to play in those games. Just keep chipping the ball <laughs> in the air. It's fine by me. That wasn't feel... another one of them where they reversed their order, was it, Bush? <laughs> Look, you're only as good as the people they put in front of you. Buy a ball at the tail, you know, looks good. It, it it was a really weird day actually being at first slip and having Bush run down the wicket cheering at getting his fifth wicket and me kind of looking at him like well that was a bit easy wasn't it <laughs> still counts <laughs> okay so we've 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 heard a bit about the differences and the challenges um, what's gone well for Plowman so far I mean we're top of the league right now we're in a strong yeah. position what's gone well uh, bowling as as you would. Probably not be surprised by if you looked at our performances over the last couple of years. Um, we have we've bowled first most of the time. I think we've bowled first every time we wanted to bowl first, and then when we've lost the toss and wanted to bat first, we still got put in to bowl. Um, and predominantly, it's it's worked out extremely well. I have uh, I have some stats for you if you'd like that, given how much I love stats. Oh, yes, I would, I would absolutely. <laughs> We don't have that many stats on this. I, I, I honestly, I honestly didn't think that James was going to get any stats out during this. I really didn't. <laughs> so, so the, the the average the average opposition score in uh, in a league game this year is one hundred and fourteen, which is ridiculously low. Um, and we've bowled out the oppo four times for under a hundred. Um, and you know, and it's and the thing is, it's not just the same bowlers every week. We've got this. You know, you probably got you know. 10, 12 bowlers across those matches that have stepped up and taken wickets. And and particularly when you've got teams sort of, you know, 70 for five or for six, and then suddenly teams are losing their last um, three, four, five wickets for 20 runs, you just don't give, you just don't give them a chance to stay in the game um, and, and make something of it and make it a challenge. So bowling has been absolutely awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So bowling's going well. As Liam said, we're top of the league. Liam's written, I think it's a very good question, this. Um, in your opinion, as league skipper, what is the biggest factor impacting whether we'll win the league or not? What do you think needs to either carry on or get better? What's what's going to be the thing that stands in our way, do you reckon? Um, <laughs> to be honest, despite winning, we need to bat a little bit better than we have been. Um, at some point, it's going to stop raining and we're going to get summer and we're going to bat first <laughs> on a hard track and, uh, and we're going to get guys who... Uh, I think we've got a lot of batsmen who are not batting as well as they'd like. And uh, absolutely brilliant to see things like Matt Hickson making a ton on the weekend, which we'll talk about later. That kind of thing, you know, guys are going to find that form with a bat. And as as difficult as we are to beat right now, we're just going to make it a whole lot harder once our batting matches our bowling and the talent is definitely there to do it. So, 
Um, but if we if we don't, and some teams start batting with a bit more discipline, that's going to be a challenge for us. Still very close. Cool. Uh, and then I think just to wrap things up, um, how easy is captaincy? <laughs> it's nice when you've got guys who could easily open the bowling and you throw the ball to them as like fourth change. Have a few overs, mate, you know, just do the job. It's, uh, it, look, every week is a huge challenge picking a bowling order, picking a batting order. Um, I find it really, really hard because we've got so many good players. So, yeah, it seems, seems pretty easy when, uh, when everyone you, you give the opportunity to generally takes it and runs with it and does a really good job. So, and, and it's depth across the whole squad. So, yeah, you, you know, captains, it can be look, look, and look very good when you've got very good players to, to skipper. Mate, that's awesome. Thanks for being so open with us and, and sharing some of your thoughts on that. Um, what, one last thing before we move on and have a look at our games from the weekend. Um, do you have a personal highlight of the season so far? I would have, I, I was, yeah, I would initially say uh, making a 50 against Southbank, but then the rest of us, uh, that's the only time I've made runs this year and no one else did. So I've kind of flipped the script from usual and we didn't end up winning. I think um, what I've found this year personally is I've actually learned how to bowl again, which has been pretty exciting. Um, and uh, bowling off a full run, bowling uh, off 18 yards, which is far too far given all, the only real exercise I do during the week is, is cricket. And I'm exhausted, but the rhythm is there. And, and I took a fall for the other week, and I'm just really excited. It feels like I'm, you know, 21 again, charging into bowl as quick as I can. So um, long may that continue. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that'd be it's been really really fun doing that. That's fabulous, and and long awaited really for for the last couple of years. You know, it's great that you're you're in form. It's great that you've got the the fitness to do that. And um, it was pretty well documented by Chris Butlin, who we had on the show last week, what that looks like uh, in real life. Very accurate. Uh, <laughs> wondering after every over if I could possibly do another one and then watch DeRay <laughs> off three steps charge through his over and bowl another maiden and have to bowl straight away with no break whatsoever. So, uh, you know, trying to build that match fitness. This is going to take a while. Cool. So, there we go. That is a roundup of sort of the season so far and basically concludes our Saturday because as Liam said, it got rained off. So, as we've said before, if any of our opposition are listening to this podcast, which I think a few of them do, uh, come at us. (laughs) Brilliant. Another rallying call, another one saying come at us because that has worked so well for us as a club in recent years. Excellent. Good. Right, moving on though. I think we're now going to take a little look at what happened on Sunday. Our two Sunday games this weekend were both at DSG. How exciting is that? Two home fixtures um, with a football match at the end of it. I think uh, socially distanced in the bar or outside the bar. A number of the te- the players from both teams stayed and watched together. So it's a really, really big day out. As we saw last season a few times, when the two sides are both playing at home, there's a brilliant atmosphere down there. The first game that we're going to cover was against SW United and none of us were at that game. However, Matt Bolshaw has been in contact with somebody who did play that day and has given us some insight to share on the show. So first up, Bush, who was captain? Uh, yeah, Leon was captain this time around and he's also my uh, my source of information for this game. So I've been in touch with Leon and he's, he's talked, me through, uh, talked me through what happened. Gold team skipper. Thanks very much, Leon, friend of the show. Um, so who batted first? 
so uh, the Oppo batted first, SW United batted first, and they were 178 all out off of 30-something overs. Just fell just before the end, I think. 178 seems like a pretty good score to me. Yeah, they, they were on... Were the... they playing on hollies? No, they were on the pitch to the left of the clubhouse. Very nice too. So it's okay. a nice little deck. So 178 on there is good score. Probably 30, 40 more runs on top of par than you'd expect on hollies, I reckon. But that's that's decent, you know, competitive. And I think they're quite a good opposition. We've won against SW United in the past. We've also lost against them when we've had really strong side out. Uh, at one point in particular, I remember that game. Um, so we must have done pretty well in the field. Who stepped up with the ball? Yeah, we've got a few notable contributions with the ball. Simon Crane, who is improving week on week. He took three for 21. Rahul is becoming a very, very key Sunday player. He took three wickets as well, three for 33. Um, so really good spells from both of those two. I think uh, Simon, Simon Crane took uh, three catches as well in that match. Yeah, that's something that Leon Leon mentioned. I think in the field, they were all brilliant. Um, Simon took three catches and apparently one of them was an absolute stormer diving to his right at mid-on. So uh, three good grabs there by the sounds of it. And also on the bowling front, a shout out for new boy uh, Vijesh, who Leon here is called The Doc. Um, I presume he's a doctor of some sort. Um, but apparently he took a wicket with his very first delivery for the club. So uh, big shout out to him on debut. Awesome stuff. And then the rest of the wickets, I'm guessing, were shared round here. So, looking at that score, um, we've got a batting lineup to chase it down, but it's going to take a pretty big effort. So, tell us, did we manage to win? Yeah, so the plough win by five wickets with one over to spare. So, it went down to the wire. Very good game. Yeah, another game this season where we've gone right down to the wire. We seem to have a game like that almost every week. Yeah, it was a really strong finish. Um some runs at the top for Hector, he got 30 odds. Uh, DNS continuing his good start for the club here, another 36. Um, Leon said that he hit one of the biggest sixes you've ever seen, lost ball into the garden. Um, and then Leon himself finishing the game off as skipper, 57 not out, accompanied by Rahul with 18 not out at the end as well. So a really, really good chase. Really good chase, and they've done well to hold their nerve as well. Looking at that run rate, going down to the final over, it's a fantastic effort. How good is Leon? Has Leon yeah. played a game this year where he hasn't hit runs? He's in very, very good form. <laughs> I think what a player. I think I've seen him get out once, and that was only because the ball didn't bounce, because it was Hollies, and that's what happens. So <laughs> otherwise, he's been absolutely brilliant every time I've seen him bat. Yeah. Yeah, we've heard we've heard a lot about Leon on on the show already. Um, well done, continuing on with that form. Uh, brilliant win. Is there are there any other highlights from that game that uh, Leon's field is in with? Yeah, a couple couple more. Um, Dan Rumford apparently took an absolutely unbelievable catch where he he somehow managed to not move a single muscle in his body and just sort of stuck his arm up at extra cover and the ball went into his hand. I don't quite understand how it works, but Leon seemed pretty impressed with it. And then um, a shout-out to Niraj as well, who somehow managed to twist his ankle somewhere between the clubhouse and coming back to the pitch after the tea break. No one really quite understands how that happened, but he managed to do it walking from the clubhouse. So rest up, Niraj, and we'll see you again soon, mate. Get well soon, Niraj. Um, so there's some 
photos of that injury as well floating around on the uh, various WhatsApp channels, raised up in the air. He's icing it. He's doing everything that he needs to. So hopefully we'll be back on the field soon. Um, friend of the show, Niraj, that is. That's a nice summary of SW United. Brilliant win. We were hoping for three wins that day. Two for the plough, one for England. Well, most of us were anyway. Uh, let's move on and have a look what happened in the second game. So, second game this weekend was against, uh, I presume they're the same club, but one of our usual league rivals, Surrey Warriors, and their Sunday friendly side. And uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, club captain Simon Carson, you were in charge of this one. I did. I skipped this one, and, and what a good match to do so. Um, it was uh, it was a really good game. We we were expecting. Uh, I spoke to. I, I texted Surrey's uh, Warriors um, skipper during the week just to let him know that you know don't you know we're the Sunday we're the Sunday plough side. We're not uh, the league side that they're used to uh, used to playing against. So uh, obviously hoping that they uh, they considered that. I wish that which in fairness they did, but when we got there, um, they were they were all dressed in their uh, club tracksuits and running around the ground, and I was quite worried that we might he might have uh, might not have taken that into <laughs> into account. That's definitely absolutely a club love one. Surrey Warriors. I don't yeah, think that's a club woman. They were doing that Saturday before we eventually got rained off as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they've beaten us ever, but they always come with a brilliant energy. Really competitive games, and uh, yeah, it's always a really enjoyable fixture. Yeah, they're good guys. Um, I, I I actually won the toss for a change. Oh, uh, well done! I, I called I, I called tails, which is is not my normal call. I normally go heads, but uh, as the as the, the the coin was spinning around up there, I thought let's try something different and uh, went tails, and I won. So I think I might might do that from from now on for a while at least. Great innovation. Tiz, have we got any stats on that as to whether uh, heads or tails comes up more? Well, I mean, to be to be honest, most weeks when I'm filling in the scorecards, I don't know who won the toss because we don't fill that section of the scorecard in because we're too lazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I, I almost even... got through this podcast without a telling off. <laughs> <laughs> Get in line, Tiz. What do you call? I've always called heads, but this year I, I, I got a harsh lesson. Tails has won almost every time, so I've stitched the tails and it's continued to win. So, I mean, I'm not sure at what point the luck breaks, but uh, tails for now. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tails convert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, I put us in. I, I decided with bat. We had, uh, we had a lot of bowling. Uh, all the bowling was, um, um, I, think, I think, about nine spin bowlers, I thought. Um, we had some decent batsmen. Let's go with that. Opened up with uh, Rich and Surrey, uh, Richard Buckley and Surrey. Sur- Richard did okay. He looked very good at the beginning. Got got uh, got one that kept very low. Uh, he was bowled for ten, but that was a, a typical Hollies dismissal. Ball kept low. Went under his bat. Bowled. Yeah, Rich. Rich a little bit unlucky there. But your your next partnership turned out to be to be pretty fruitful. No, uh, it was uh, wasn't bad at all. I mean, Surrey opened with. Uh, with Rich and uh, again, typically Surrey, he he took it to uh, he took it to them straight from the word go, really, and uh, looked looked uh, looked really good, looked really good, scored seventy six runs. Nice, but star of the show, who uh, who saw us sort of over the lines at the end of the innings, Matt Hickson, yeah. friend Absolutely. of the show, former guest. Absolutely. Talk talk us a bit, talk us through his knock a bit. Well, look, I, I think there. I don't think there was a, a bloke on the on the plough field, there on the plough side at the moment that wasn't just right behind Hicko for that. I mean, he's 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 struggled a little bit recently, and he's everyone knows that he's probably one of the best batsmen in the club. 
uh, just hasn't been making scores recently, but uh, I mean, he certainly put that one to bed. I mean, he batted beautifully all the way through. He got to around about, I was say, what, 60, maybe 70 in a classic style, all along the ground, all along the ground, and just, just went just steady, steady. And then he just opened up on them. And uh, from 70 to 100, I don't know, Tiz will probably be able to tell you once I've given him the scorecard. Um, but uh, he, uh, he, he just went bananas. I mean, I think he brought up his tongue. Uh, I think I'm correct in saying in the last over, in, in the last over that was, was bowled at him, he brought up his tongue with two fours and th- Four sixes, uh, which which was just magnificent, and, uh, th- and uh, I think three of those four sixes were lost balls. Um, one of them was enormous; it went over the tree into the into the Dulwich ground at the other end, and uh, we we didn't even bother looking for that one. That is big. That is impressive. And Hicko, I can tell you now, having been a bowler who has gone for two fours and four sixes in an over. It's just really mean. Like, there's no need. You could have just hit one along the floor and ran one. And it's not like, Bolsh, you keep thinking about that year after year, week after week. Well, people mention it to me every other it's week. Not that, so it's not like well. anyone brings it up either. Simon, so when, when you told Surrey Warriors that, you know, they shouldn't bring the league team, you just sort of failed to mention that you were bringing Matt Hickson. <laughs> well, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, fair's fair. And um, I know that they brought a couple of league players because when I was talking to them um, at the at the ground, we were talking about the previous game, uh, the previous day's game that was, was called off. And they knew an awful lot about it. So, I, I mean, they were there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are a couple of boys there that were, would, have been, uh, would have been at the league game for. I don't think anyone's expecting us not to, not to play any, but... No. Uh, no, it was um, it, 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 it was it was fair. I don't think anyone's got any problems with that. Good. So I've got here. We finished on two, three, six for five off our yeah. forty. Um, mm. how, how do we how do we get on with the ball? I mean, we we did a job really. Um, we had, the best best bowling pick of the bowling was Justin Cash. Um, he took three wickets, I think. Um, yeah, I've got just three here. Yeah, three wickets. And the rest of us got one apiece, I think. Um, I, 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 I took a fantastic court and bowled. Um, absolutely <laughs> stunning. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and the others were, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty pedestrian stuff. But uh, no, my, my, <laughs> my court and bowl was absolutely outstanding. And, um, did you, did yeah. you really set the batsman up for it? Uh, completely. I mean, because uh, I can see the way that he was playing. We cut. We cut off this. He, he likes to play the uh, the uh, hook to um, hook over the uh, the square leg boundary. That's where he was going. But uh, obviously, with my fantastic field placing, etc., we we cut that one off. We only gave him one place to play it, and that was straight back into my hands. And I didn't let us down. <laughs> you never let us down, Simon. In anything you do, that's just expected these days. Uh, it, it was a good game. I mean, look, uh, we we they they got they got quite close to us in the end. I think we won by about fourteen runs. But uh, I wanted to I wanted to give everyone a bowl. It was Sunday. I could have I could have I could have shortened that game because obviously I could have brought Hicko back on, or, or I could have brought Hicko on to bowl. Um, you could have bowled yourself eight overs straight through as well. That would have finished, didn't they? Well, I could have done that, but I mean, you know, you've got to, you've got to be fair on Sundays, haven't you? Um, but no, I mean, Hiko, Hiko could have mopped up the end of that quite easily for us. But uh, you know, the guy just scored a hundred and five runs, not out. Um, then you bring him on, and he he nicks five wickets. I think that might have uh, might have aggrieved a few of their players, and maybe even a few of mine. I don't know. So uh, so we uh, we we didn't bowl him. <laughs> 
Good. So a good win for the plough. Uh, are there any other highlights from the day? Any off-field antics uh, that stood out for you? Off-field, no, not really. Well, oh, Nigel broke his toe. Nigel Stevenson broke his toe. Um, I thought, I thought because he dropped a catch. He was at uh, he was at square leg. Ball came straight at him. He sort of like pumped it around in the air a couple of times and dropped it, and then said, oh, "We love oh, a dropped heart. catch on the uh, Thanks for Coming podcast." Yeah, and but, but straight away it was ah ah my foot my foot and started limping around. Obviously, I didn't take it too seriously at the time because I thought, okay, drop catch. Well, obviously, what are you going to do? Here? My foot hurts, um, so uh, I didn't take it too seriously. But unfortunately, uh, we found out afterwards that he actually broke his toe. I don't know how he managed to do that, but he did. Yeah, poor Nigel. I think that's that's the second time he's broken that toe this year. So uh, rest up, Nigel. Mm. Get, get himself a bike for that paper round he does every morning and that might help a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Matt Bolshaw there, if you're listening, Nigel. Which I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't think Nigel's listening to this. We could say anything we want about him. Anyway, I Sounds think... like an awesome game. Another pretty close one. Yeah. Two good wins for the plough against two really good opposition... And we all know what happened in the evening, so we won't mention that one. But I think it's time for us to, to move on and, and talk about our fantasy section. And it's a listener's favourite. Okay, so on to our fantasy section. First up, Bush, tell the listeners what they already know. Who's top of the league this week? Yeah, no change at the top. Trent still top of the league with his jugs all-round team. The juggernaut carries on. I have no idea what he's doing. Um, who did well for the week? Which of the plough had the best fantasy team for the last game week? Yeah, I think we've got a first first time uh, week winner, Dan Rumford and his Sunrisers Tulse Hill. They uh, they took the win this week, so well done, Dan. <laughs> it's a good team, though, isn't it? Nice work, nice work. And which player you might have guessed it already scored the most points on the field? Yeah, unsurprisingly, scoring 100 runs gets you quite a few points. Uh, well done, Hicko. 155 points for him. He was he was a clear winner. Nice. Loads of points there, even if you're not asked to come on a bowl. Well done, Hicko. Um, so we're going to get a bit, of, a bit of insight from our captains today. Starting off with this coming weekend, starting with James, who is your tip for fantasy this week? I think uh, I'm going to go with Matt Hickson, uh, now that he's he's found a bit more form with a bat. And I think... He's offers huge value because he's in the game as a batsman and yet he actually bowls and I think this weekend may get a bit more of a bowl than he usually would. So uh, just putting that out there. Heard it here first. Genuine bit of insight there. Just lining him up for disappointment, obviously, when I put him six change on the weekend. So (laughs) Yeah, can catch as well. Has been known to hold a catch. Uh, Simon, same question to you. Yeah, okay, so um, I think I on the back of, obviously, Hiko's a good shout. Um, both Gumpets are playing this weekend. I think most people are going to be having them in their team. My, 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 own, my own tip, I think on the back of Matt Hickson finding some form, I reckon it's Paulie's turn. So I reckon Paulie Hines, I reckon he's going to score some runs this weekend. He's going to come good. This is where he takes off. Paul Hines, um, good, good, hat full of runs and a couple of catches can absolutely catch as well that man brilliant so that's that's this weekend sorted looking forward to the remainder of the season 
James, who's your tip for the long haul? I mean, it's if you don't have Max Gumpert, then there's something wrong with you. But 93% of us have got Max in the team. So that doesn't really give you a differentiator at all, um, As even though he's planning to score a 1,000 runs and, and probably will. Um, I, I think Hiko is, is a very strong contender for a, a huge bounty of points in the second half of the season. So that's my pick. Thanks very much. And same question to you, Simon. Oh, sorry, but I've got to be boring and do exactly the same, Hicko, uh, for the same reasons. You know, uh, obviously Max is, uh, is out there, but um, yeah, Hicko, Hicko, same, same as James. I think that's a really good shout, just mm. off the back of not, not the best run of form, but I think what the papers are saying is that Hicko was really inspired by his eight-a-side team and the leadership <laughs> on tour, and that's just really, really pushed him on going forwards and... I think that's going to stand in really good stead for the uh, for the rest of the year. Absolutely, that's what real leadership looks like. Hey, Bolshaw. Exactly, <laughs> inspired him. <laughs> Do what, we don't. Bush and I don't usually chip in at this point, but we did notice that uh, Chris Evans is playing in a fixture which is pretty close to his house. I think down in Putney. So we'll throw that out there. Evans is about this weekend. Um, that could be a, a differentiator that you're looking for. Only 1.7 mil. 1.7 mil. And with that, we'll move on to what we've now confirmed is Matt Bolshaw's favourite section of the show, and that is Any Other Business. So, as we just said, my favourite section, Any Other Business, always a good one to wrap up the podcast. Um, So... We're going to start off with Plowman Superstitions, but we're going to change it a little bit because we've got the two, two skippers on with us this week. Uh, boys, we want to know, have either of you got any superstitions, any, any routines that you go through aside from the tossing rituals that we've previously discussed uh, that, that you go through on match day when you're a skipper? Well, uh, this may not surprise many people, but I do have a, a literally a twenty-three point checklist that I go through uh, <laughs> in preparing for the game during the week to make sure I've got everything. Um, the only and... thing that surprises me is that it's not a twenty-eight point checklist and it's only twenty-three. <laughs> the list is getting progressively longer as I'm adding things like keeping kit to it, you know, just in case I need to think about that for that week. Um, I do generally do it in the same order. Um, I do like to tick them all off. Um, so I do that every week. Uh, the other thing that I do, which is, it's not really a superstition, it's, it's more of a bad habit because it doesn't really help me at all, but I do it all the time, is I, I'll do research on the on the opposition and, by looking at the scorecards. And inevitably, you see, you know, some bloke took seven for the week before and you build up in your head this idea that this is phenomenal bowler about to turn up and destroy you. <laughs> and, and usually in your mind, it's, it's some really quick bloke. Uh, tall, quick, fast bowler is going to bounce blokes out. And then you get there and you discover it's actually like a, a mid-40s off-spinner who just gets to stay low occasionally and, and suddenly last week they took seven for it. So I, I, I get myself worked up over what the opposition bowling is going to be like and I'm going to be scared. And then it turns out not so much when you actually get there usually. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's quite... A, maybe that's like a, a bit of a, um Australian take on it as well. Imagining seven wickets, some huge strapping quick bowler running in and, and flinging it down. When I see seven when I see seven wickets in a scorebook, I think of uh, uh, a bloke who used to play in one of the opposition teams where I grew up. I think it was Ipple Pen he played for. And uh, he was called Cyril the Secret Squirrel. Uh, he was 83 <laughs> years old. You could bowl um, you could bowl 13 overs straight through back back then in the league that we played in. 
and he would open the bowling, bowling off spin, I guess you could call it, but like very high trajectory off spin. And he'd bowl his 13 over straight through every week. Not many of them bounced. And then he'd just go and sit down on a bench for the rest of the field in innings. Uh, 83 years old. Yeah, shout out to Cyril the Secret Squirrel if you're still playing. <laughs> still playing and or listening. <laughs> Good. Simon, what about you? Any any superstitions or just throw the coin in the air and hope for the best? No, it's, I, no, no superstitions. I'm, I'm getting more. I'm getting a little bit more, uh, more, more angsty about my coin tosses now, though. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put some proper work into that, probably get Tiz to write a spreadsheet and, uh, and see what we can do about how to call it. <laughs> also, I think what's quite important is the way you toss the coin. Um, so obviously it's going to be the ones at home games that I'm, so I'm, I'm looking to get some home advantage from the toss of the coin and how high to throw it, that kind of thing. But again, this isn't, this isn't superstitious stuff. This is pure science, which I expect uh, Tis to, to, to come through with. Otherwise, no, I don't have any. Um, got, uh, Tis mentioned bad habits. Used to have quite a few of those. Um, my, the, I mean, the, I think the ones that most of us remember would be the whenever Fred Mills was playing, um, I, I used to always try to, uh, to, to, to send him out on... He'd go out there fielding with pine cones and everything in his in his in his batting gloves, which was always always something that I I, I, I sought to do. Um, I actually found I actually found out once that uh, we had that we had uh, sort of like two sets of gloves, which was very similar to his. So I sent him out with two left-handed gloves, um, which, uh, which I which I quite enjoyed as well. But as far as far as as far as um, as far as superstitions concerned, no, 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 not not my thing. No superstitions, just genuine wind-ups. Yeah. Um, kind of <laughs> Good, I like that. That's a potential new section for the podcast. Tom yeah, Foolery. wind-ups, yeah. Tom. <laughs> Who's he? Um, Matt Bolshaw, can I tell our listeners two things that they already know? You can. Max Gumpert is the top run scorer for this season so far with 517 runs. Shock. Well done, Max. Lewis Wilby, Daisy Dukes, King of the Castle, is the top wicket taker so far, despite being injured, at the top of the wicket charts with 18 wickets. Yeah, well done, shout, shout out to the King of the Castle. He may not be the king for much longer. He has torn his hamstring, so get yeah. well soon, Lewis. Yeah. Big loss, that. Big loss. Yep, he's a good lad. Right, uh, our next award is the Obsessed by Line and Length Award. And we've had a few few nominations for this this week. Uh, Dan Rumford got a shout out from Leon Parks, his very own skipper, seven overs, naught for 15, we think it was. Uh, he bowled really well. Also, Leo Connolly for one for 24 off eight. And um, a few weeks back, we did talk about Leo on the podcast and how he only went for nine runs off uh, four or five overs, but that six of them mm. were wides. He has texted me to just clarify that one was a very harsh wide that went for four because the keeper missed it and the other one was an attempted knuckleball um, <laughs> but he then says in efforts of humility I confess to cracking Simon Crane on the shin at a wide second, second slip with a horrendous one one week later so uh, I think he was quite happy to, to not take the obsessed with line and length award that week but well done to those boys it's, um, it's up for grabs though Leo if you're interested it's up for grabs every weekend that one 
Uh, also, I think trying to blame a wide going for four on the keeper is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> like, guys, maybe. But if the umpires actually called it as a wide, um, it is a Bowlers Union podcast, but apologies to the keeper on the day for that one. Good. Um, I don't think we have a sledge of the week this week, um, but we do have a who said it, which is where we read out something from the weekend with no context whatsoever and uh, we get you guys to email in guessing who you think said it. This week, your Who Said It is sponsored by league skipper James Tosato. I don't mind not batting, bit of scoring, bit of umpiring, bit of law. <laughs> there we go. Who's, who is our biggest fan of the law? Let us know. Hello at ploughmancc.com. Good. Um, any new players this week, Liam? Any new players to no report? New no new members this new. week that I'm aware of, no. Um, we've got a couple on the radar though, so if you're listening and you're part of the club and you're not yet a member, get in touch with Nick Ridgway. He'll make that happen. He'll, uh, he'll help you realise that dream. And if there's anyone out there who's listening to the show who doesn't yet play for Plowmans, send us an email and say hello at hello at plowmancc.com. Yeah, good. Definitely send us an email if, like the rest of us on this podcast, you're a big fan of quiches, which links me beautifully to our Any Correspondence section. And we've had someone writing in in response to something that was said on a podcast a few weeks back. Uh, Liam, did you want to read this one out? Absolutely, yeah. This is high quality correspondence. This is what we're looking for, by the way. This is what we're looking for. So thanks very much to Mel for emailing in. And Mel says, hello. Thanks. For, uh, hello to the thanks for coming team. My name is Mel. I'm Will Stevens' mum and friend of Tom Lane and his family. I don't think you can imagine my surprise on hearing my 50th birthday party food being featured on a podcast. I was in stitches. Thank you. On reflection, I probably shouldn't have been surprised given the pranks Tom and Will have played over the years. Only last year, a lockdown game of cricket involved a smashing time for our greenhouse. Dot, dot, dot. I love that you have a quiche feature on your podcast. I know from years of watching my family play cricket that the teas can be a highlight of the afternoon and let's be honest, you can't beat a good quiche as part of it. Anyway... Thanks for your birthday wishes. It was a fab party. I think Tom missed out on my personal favourite quiche from the night. Goat's cheese, roasted leeks and spring onion. Never mind, Tom. Hope to visit the legendary DSG in the near future. All the best, Mel. That is the standard. That is the standard. What a sophisticated choice for quiche as well. Sophisticated choice of quiche and sophisticated email, really well written, much, much higher quality than the usual dross that we get sent in to us. Yeah, which we say, still can't enjoy. Say I'm a fan of Mel's, Mel's choice of favourite quiche goat's cheese, spring onion. What was that? Goat's cheese, spring onion, and something? And roasted, roasted leeks. leeks. What, what's your favourite quiche? My, my, mine has to be quiche Lorraine. I normally put a little bit of extra cheese on the top of it as well. <laughs> it's a really good question. I, to be that, honest, that, anything with goat's cheese for me, I think is a winner. So I think goat's really? cheese, okay. roasted leeks, spring onion. I think that's really strong. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. I'm a fan. 
definitely. Goat yeah, cheese. That's excellent. I was going to say I'd like to try some of Mars Quiche, and if she wants to send some in, uh, I'd be very, very uh, happy <laughs> to give her. There's there's rumours, and these are really rumours, but here we go, everyone. Here's here's a here's a rumour for you all that there's going to be an end of season quiche tasting. Thanks for coming, podcast special. <laughs> live podcast, live podcast recording special, and there will oh. be quiche there. So Mel, if you want to enter, if you want to get quiche down to DSG coincide that with the end of the season live podcast that would be great i'm bringing one um and we've got a few others who are going to contribute to that as well thanks for the email as bush mentioned it's very well written there are paragraphs in there there's punctuation things that we're not used to seeing on this show however for everyone else who writes into us don't be put off by that and don't be intimidated we love your correspondence and we'd love to hear from you here yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really, really nice point to wrap this up. Um, coming up this weekend, Tiz, you and the league boys are at home to Ballam and Tooting. Simon, you are playing Edgware CC at home. And I, I think... I'm, not, I'm actually at Putney, but um, no, you're the, at Putney. Uh, the, the Leon's, Leon's at home with uh, You're Edgware. at Putney. Leon's at home against Edgware. We've got three good games, three good grounds. Get down on Saturday if you can to support the league team. And uh, also on Sunday for the Edgware game. I think all that's left to be said is one thank you to Tom Lane. He'll be pulling this all together for us. So thank you, mate, for all your hard work. James Sato. done a fabulous job as well. Really good job, Tom. Well done. Spent hours and hours on this over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, James Sato, thanks for coming. Thanks very much for having me, lads. Simon Carson, thanks for coming. Absolute pleasure. I look forward to doing it again soon. Liam Gray, thank you for coming. Thanks, mate. And uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, thank you for coming. (laughs) Thank you, mate. And uh, for everyone who is a fan of the fastest bowling partnership in the world, watch this space for Saturday afternoon. And to all the listeners, thanks for coming. This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. You plough and CC. Plough on, guys. It's taking too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. You said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!